This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the La Liga Lowdown Match Day Recap. It's our first of the season. My name is Ruri Barlow. I am your host today and I'm joined by Tom Harris. How are you doing, Tom? Really good, Ruri. How are you? I Not too not too bad. Probably not as good as you. Villarreal B, as it stands, are top of Segunda and Villarreal are top of the league. So, uh, yeah, things going pretty well, this La Liga lark, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a good weekend aside from that as well. We've had goals more or less all over the show and like you say lots of really exciting debuts managerial debuts player debuts and yeah can't wait to get stuck in yeah we'll get on to Real Madrid who had two debutants their only signings playing in Aurelia and Chouamini and Antonio Rudiger that's going to come in the second half of the show and we'll deal with them along with Monday night's games but the place to start the place which took all the headlines and has been the headline story of the summer. Let's be honest, it's it's Barcelona. It drew 0-0 with Rayo Vallecano. Rayo Vallecano gave as good as they got. Both teams had some good chances. But ultimately, if we're taking something away this, it has to be the deflation, doesn't it, Tom? Yeah, of course it does. I mean, obviously, Sergio Busquets' red card as well was another kind of kick in the teeth because, you know, he's not going to be available for next week. Um, I mean, but for me, I saw a Barcelona side who were creating a lot of chances. You know, they had... 21 shots, I think, in the end, 1.37 xG, according to uh, Understat. So, you know, nothing to worry about, I don't think, in terms of creating chances. But um, obviously, you know, you were hoping against a team like Raya Vallecano, who no disrespect should be toward the lower reaches of the table. I think everyone was expecting a big win on the opening uh, opening weekend for Barcelona, but it wasn't to be in the end. Yeah, I, I concur with that. I think everyone, myself included, was expecting at least a few goals. And that wasn't what we got. I think, for me, one of the biggest issues for for this Barcelona side, and it, we saw it last season, was the centre mids. I mean, this was Xavi Hernandez's team, but Pedri only touched the ball 42 times in that game. And OK, he only played 72 minutes, but over a 90-minute game, you want Pedri to be touching that ball 100 times. And I think the lack of him, the lack of Gavi, was perhaps one of the biggest issues. You saw Frankie Dion came on. He had an excellent cameo in the last half hour and how much that kind of changed things for Barcelona. But yeah, I think all in all, it's disappointing. Um, it has to be, has to go down as a, a letdown on the first weekend. And we shouldn't read too much into it, should we? I mean, it's, it's the first weekend. But we've talked about Barcelona for a little bit. I think the story of this should really be Rio, shouldn't it, Tom? 
Yeah, they were absolutely fantastic. And I mean, it was uh, our squad member, Mark Clark, tweeted out um, yesterday that they'd, um, Iraola and Doni Iraola have arrived by kind of managers three games now against Barcelona as Rayo coach and is yet to concede a goal. Obviously, they did the double over them last season, went to the camp now this time and all the expectation and really defended like fantastically well. Um, and I mean, looking at some of their recent pickups as well, a lot was made about Rayo Vallecano's you know, second half of the season and they've not had a lot of money to spend. But I like the look of Salvi Sanchez from Cadiz. You know, he had lots of energy on that left-hand side. Cameo was very unlucky not to score up front. Um, Florian Lejeune as well, experienced of its level, you know, another shrewd pickup. And yeah, I mean, I think they've, they've really kept it ticking over nicely. And like you say, Dimitrievsky was fantastic. Cis, I thought in particular was was monstrous in the middle in the middle of the park. So yeah, I think you've got to give them a lot of credit, and that will give them a lot of confidence going on because you know they've defied, as we've said, the kind of the expectation. And you know, I can't see why they can't stave off relegation this time around. Yeah, I think just the the trouble at the club and the lack of money spent, and know they've brought in players has, has maybe perhaps uh, led to some people calling their demise before it was their time. Um, but I, just before we move on, I've got to give some words of appreciation to Oscar Trejo, who, I mean, anyone who's, who's been listening last season knows I'm a big fan of his, but Isi Palathon and him, I thought, both excellent, both so brave with the ball and so, taking the right option every time, which is something in comparison that I didn't really see from Usman Dembele or Rafinha. I think the two of them, perhaps the occasion just got to them a wee bit, I think. Usman Dembélé was flying into challenges, which was just a weird sight, so something must have been up. But uh, but yeah, I think the two of them, Barcelona looked for them a lot, but quite often they took the wrong choices. And it was interesting that he went with those two as the sort of starting front three. Do you think that will be the case going forward? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I was actually thinking during the game how spoiled for choice Barcelona are in these areas because you're thinking you've got Aubameyang on the bench, you've got Memphis Depay on the bench, Ferran Torres, who I don't think came on in the end. I think, he, you know, he, he'll, he'll look to switch it up next weekend. I think Ferran Torres does deserve a shot. Um, but yeah, for me, I you know, I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Mousman Dembele, I'm a massive fan of Rafinha, and I don't think he can drop Lewandowski, so they would be my three going forward personally. Interesting stuff. Well, speaking of New Look Barcelona, we do have we did have two managerial debuts on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday saw Espanyol under Diego Martinez, New Look Espanyol without Raul de Tomas, with Hossolu. They drew 2-0 with Celta Vigo. Celta, they didn't do a great deal in the first half, but Iago Aspas, being the king that he is, scores a ridiculous goal from a tight angle, puts them one goal to the good they get a second through debutant Gonzalo Paciencia. They're 2-0 up and they're more or less cruising. Unai Lopez comes on and gets a debut goal for Espanyol. And in the dying moments, Joselu scores a penalty on his debut. What did you kind of make of these two teams? Was there anything to kind of take away from, from the early signs of these two? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing I'd say is that I think both of these teams will be okay come the end of the season. I know there was a lot of uncertainty about Santa Vigo and the kind of obviously the war with Denis Suarez and and, and um, Carlos Mourinho, um, and Espanol as well. I mean, there was a lot of excitement when Diego Martinez came in. I think I, personally, I've been slightly disappointed with their transfer activity. I thought he would have been given a bit more, you know, license to bring in his kind of players. But no, I mean, I think both teams, you know, were, um, showed positive signs. I think for Celta in particular, Gonzalo Paciencia out front. I know it's easy to say because he scored, but he, he's a big <laughs> presence. And I like this kind of combination um, that he, he struck up with Iago Aspas. So I think that could be something to look forward to going on. 
Um, but yeah, like you say, I think Espanyol could do one or two new faces. Jose Lu, obviously a fantastic player, but he's not going to completely replace Raul de Tomas if he does end up going, because I think Raul de Tomas gives you so much up front. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think these two teams will be okay, but um, I do think there are improvements needed. Yeah, it's, uh, I saw flashes from both of them, I think, of what they maybe wanted to do, but not quite sort of the full 90 minutes, which is probably not to be expected at this point. Moving on to Valencia, who who got a 1-0 home win in Gennaro Gattuso's first game at Mestalla. It was Carlos Soler with a penalty sort of right at the end of half time against Girona. There wasn't masses amounts that happened in this game, but what did you take from it? What did you see, Tom? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, obviously a lot was made about Jose Bordelas when he was at Valencia and his very direct style of play and Gattuso coming in and kind of being more possession-based. And I had a bit of a dig and their passing accuracy in this game against Girona was 81%. And they only surpassed that once throughout the entirety of last season. So there's <laughs> definitely a shift, like we said, to a more possession-based game. I thought it was quite a mature performance, actually, from Valencia. You know, especially when they went down to 10 men, they kind of, obviously, Girona are newly promoted side, but they held them at arm's length. And I, th I think, you know, it was a, a young team. Hugo Guillamon in the midfield, I thought I was very impressed with. And uh, Samuel Lino as well, I thought he was very, very good in his debut. And, and maybe Gonzalo Guedes isn't going to be quite a devastating loss, as we all thought. But we'll have to see with Valencia, because, you know, as we know, it's it's, it's always uh, very, very volatile <laughs> at the uh, Mistaya. Yes, with a, a volatile element in Gattuso himself as well. It'll be interesting to see. They were without Jose Gaia, whose ban was upheld for four games as well. That was from last season. Gaia came out and criticised the referees after the Osasuna match last season when they were beaten at Mestalla. That was upheld. The decision was only made on, I think it was Wednesday, and Gaia came out both on Twitter and then in a press conference essentially saying that he didn't agree with the decision. But moving on, we have top of the league, Villarreal. We have Tom Harris to speak about them. Pretty comfortable win, 3-0 over Valladolid. Alex Baena with two goals and Nico Jackson. But what were your kind of takeaways from that one? Yeah, I mean, you know, from a VRL perspective, I, th I think the kind of efficiency was of the performance was really encouraging because this is, you know, this is exactly the kind of game that A, VRL needs to be winning if they're going to challenge for top four and B, exactly the kind of game that VRL have been, you know, historically slipping up in. Um, you know, if you look at against Valladolid, um, they've only won three of the last seven against Valladolid and, and the way they kind of went to Jose um, Soria and you know, kind of stifled this newly promoted team with a lot of excitement about them. Three kind of very clinically taken goals. And I think up front as well for the OAR was quite encouraging. I think there are a lot more options now up there. I think Jeremy Pino uh, in particular, he, he looked very strong. He looks as if he's hit the gym over, over the summer. So that's encouraging to see. And he was very direct. And yeah, with Lucenzo potentially, well, Lucenzo coming in, maybe Umar Sadiq as well. I think, you know, it, it could be looking quite good for Villarreal this season, but I'm going to say it quietly because I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> and Valladolid, they were missing Sean Weissman, who's their star striker. He was their top goal scorer last season. But did you see enough for from them that was promising to say that they'll be able to stay up? Or was this a kind of worrying start to the season for them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's easy to, for me to say it's a worrying start of the season when they've just lost 3-0, but I mean, I, I, I am a bit worried for them. I, I think for me, the, the thing is that, that they're a very similar side to the one that went down two seasons ago, really. I don't think much has changed, other than obviously Pacheta has come in. And I like Pacheta as a manager. I think he's a very kind of intense character and he will get a lot out of his squad. 
but yeah, I'm I'm slightly again disappointed with their recruitment, and I think they could be up against it for sure. And Villarreal will be competing with Sevilla for that kind of fourth spot this season. I think that has to be the target for both teams. They slumped to a two-one defeat on the in the opening game of the season against Osasuna. They went down with um, Chimi Avila getting on the score sheet and Aymar Oroth. Uh, scoring a late penalty to to um, get them past Sevilla and, and Rafa Mir's equaliser. So, Sevilla, how worried should we be? Because, I mean, we've seen them lose Joe Koundé and Diego Carlos. Marcao has come in, but they started with Rekic and Gudeli in, at centre-half. It, it's not convincing, is it? What did you see from Sevilla and should they be very worried? Yeah, I have to agree completely. I mean, Gudeli looked completely lost at times in that game. Rekic, I think, had, has always been hot and cold the entire time, really. He's been in Spain. I don't think he's the kind of, you know, the player that Sevilla need to, you know, if they need him to step up, I don't think he's going to be able to consistently do that, unfortunately. And for me as well, I, I think Sevilla, you know, if you look at the ages of their players as well, their, their key players, you've got Jesus Navas at 36, Fernando at 35, Rakitic at 34, and seven of the starters in that game at Osasuna were over the age of 30. And I think... For example, if Juan Jordan gets injured, you're suddenly relying on Fernando to play more or less every game. And so I, I think, you know, they really desperately need to freshen up. Um, obviously, there's, there's that gap in defence. They could do with signing another centre-back, but I'd like to see another centre-midfielder in there as well, ideally. And yeah, up front, Rafa Mir and, and Nesiri, not quite, you know, convincing enough, I don't think, for top four. So I think it'd be very interesting. But, you know, you have to say also sooner play very well. Um, their first win over Sevilla since 2013. I think um, I think El Sadar is going to be a very intimidating place to go for a lot of teams this season. Yeah, and uh, credit to Oroth who took the penalty off Jimmy Avila. He, he's, Avila had the ball to take the penalty and Oroth stepped up on his debut. He'd only been on, well, he, he'd started, but it, it was quite an incredible feat of bravery from him. Sevilla-wise, I think, yeah, you're preaching to the choir here. I think Monchi, it, we... You have to trust him based on his track record, but it's definitely his move because this Sevilla side, it was meant to be a refresh of Lopetegui's project and it looked more or less the same as it did at the end of last season, which has been the worst part of Lopetegui's project. So, so yeah, definitely additions needed, although they do have Isco to come in. With the sort of uh, race for the top four, Real Sociedad, they're kind of an outside candidate. They've been in and around that fight for quite some time can they get it done this season they got a 1-0 win over Karith and Take Kubo looked pretty good in the opening stages he scored um, and got the winner for them and they had some good chances through Mohamed Ali Cho who's another of their additions this summer what did you make of them are they do they have enough um, mala leche is what I always accuse them of lacking this season to go on and actually make fourth place their own yeah I mean I, I think I I have to agree with you that they do that that kind of yeah malaliche to, to repeat what you just said that that they don't seem to have that you know real spark when you know when they're really down to come back and win these games. But one thing that La Real do have is defensive solidity, and then if you look, they conceded nine goals in nineteen home games last season, and they've added kind of an attacking spark to that you know defensive base. So I, I do think they have a good chance of grinding out a lot of results, especially at Anoeta. I think David Silva was, was probably one of his best performances actually in the La Real shirt. So I think that's a very uh, encouraging sign. As you mentioned, Ali Cho was, was electric off the bench and he was very unlucky not to get the debut goal. 
Bryce Mendes as well. I, I think, you know, obviously we all know his quality and he's going to be a good addition. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're dark horses, but I do think the likes of Villarreal and Real Betis are slightly better placed, but I think it'd be very interesting. And, you know, they've, they've beaten a Cali side who, you know, I was one of the La Liga Lowdown squad members to predict that they were going to finish <laughs> bottom of the table, much to the dismay of a Cali English uh, Twitter account who called us out for it. I know you think that, you know, you were a bit more optimistic about them. I was wondering what you thought of them uh, yeah, uh, on the weekend. Yeah, I thought, I mean... Real Sociedad are a very difficult team to play against and, it, well, based on the strength of squads, I think Sociedad, La Real should be doing better than them. This was a narrow defeat, I think it was maybe a little bit disappointing and they didn't quite show the same kind of drive and hunger that they did towards the end of the season last campaign and Sergio will have to address that. That, that does need to be there if they're going to have the chance and that's kind of what I based my prediction on was the way and the attitude that they went about things last towards the end of last season. So, yeah, I mean, I do wonder if I was being perhaps too bold and uh, aware of eating my own humble pie last season, having having predicted that they would go down sort of midway through last season. But, but faith in Sergio, we'll see what happens. We're going to close out part one then, and we'll come on to Real Madrid very shortly. So don't go anywhere, and we'll be back in a jiffy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the La Liga Lowdown match day recap. It's match day one, and we've we've had all of the games. We had touched on Barcelona and, and all the sort of games from Saturday and Sunday previously, but it's now time to go to Real Madrid, who are the reigning champions. They're now the European Super Cup champions. They beat Almeria two one, and it wasn't perhaps the again it wasn't a blowing away of Almeria, who took the lead very early on through Largi uh, Ramazzani. 
They then came back, they got a goal for Lucas Vasquez and David Alaba netted a brilliant free kick towards the end. Real Madrid looked pretty much like champions, didn't they, Tom? Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing to take away from this game, I think, is just how relentless Real Madrid were because obviously they weren't <laughs> behind quite early on, but the amount of chances that they created, they, they were just not going to be, you know, held at bay. And, you know, despite the best efforts of uh, Fernando Martinez, who made 13 saves, 10 shots from in, inside the box, you know, that's remarkable numbers for a goalkeeper. Yeah, Real Madrid weren't going to be denied here. And it is that kind of win that champions grind out. I know it's very early to say that, but I think it was a bit of a quiet statement of intent from Real Madrid. Not just that they won the game, but that they came behind, came from behind and, you know, they won again, as they always seem to do in these kind of situations. Yeah, it's, it was very much Los Blancos kind of without necessarily being in control of the game at all times, being comfortable with where they were in the game. And you saw uh, that's the kind of contrast with some of the other teams in the league. Well, Barcelona, the direct comparison, obviously, is that Real Madrid, when they're behind or when they're in a tight situation, it doesn't really bother them too much. As you say, it's relentless. They keep on going, whereas kind of the panic and the tension rises with other teams. Real Madrid almost feed on the fact that it's getting a little bit more difficult and they have the chance to make themselves heroes, in particular Vinicius. He just keeps getting better and better. He's really, even last season when he was kind of making a difference for Real Madrid in the sense that he was creating chances with Karim Benzema, I think he's gone to another level yet where he's now taking the right decision almost all the time. He knows exactly where the strengths lie and he's just, yeah, he's brilliant. But coming on to kind of the two new signings, they both started Antonio Rudiger and Aurelien Chouamini. I saw some people not too content with their performances or, or certainly didn't think that they had great games to start with. Yeah, I mean, like you say, a lot of uh, criticism on, on Twitter I saw, but you have to remember it's the first game for a new club. You know, they're going to be nervous playing for the you know, reigning European champions, La Liga champions, particularly Chouamini, you know, a very young player. He was hooked after 58 minutes in the end, but, you know, he, he had a 96% passing accuracy. So, you know, very assured on the ball. I just think they were missing, you know, that little bit of, you know, confidence, supreme confidence that comes, you know, that this squad is, you know, every single player in the squad who isn't. The new players are absolutely, you know, they're riding a high at the moment. And I think give it a couple more weeks and I think we'll definitely be seeing a lot more from these two players. But yeah, early days. And it's been pointed out by quite a few people, but have to remember Chouamini, he was playing sort of as a six, he was playing in Casemiro's role essentially, and although Ancelotti has said that they can play together, I've, it seems as if that's primarily where he's going to be used, but he has been operating in a double pivot for pretty much the entirety of his career up to now, and that, that's the role that he's used to, so it, it's going to take a period of adaptation, and I will hark back to Eduardo Camavinga, who didn't look particularly great at the start of last season and I mean there were flashes of what he's good at there were flashes of his ability but he looked a little bit out of his depth at times last season and you saw him getting hooked at halftime on various occasions when he'd been booked because Ancelotti didn't quite trust him and Chouamini I think he's further on in his development than Camavinga obviously and that adaptation will be faster but there is still a process of adaptation and with Rudiger I think as much as there, there's certainly a point that he didn't look as comfortable and he's he's an international, he's won the Champions League, he's very much should be the rounded product. But let's not forget that this is a Real Madrid side that I think is changing their style. They're pressing higher now 
and that's going to have teething problems for David Alaba and Eder Militao as well as Antonio Rudiger. So, yeah, I think a little bit of overkill. Just a quick note on Almeria. What did you think of them? Have they got enough to stay up, even if Umar Sadiq leaves? I think they do, actually. I mean, I was I was quite impressed with them. I think, obviously, Ramatani was the one who scored the goal. I think he looked very lively. I think Sadiq will be a, a big loss if he does go. But, I mean, I think there's a lot of young talent in that Almeria squad. And I really like Ruby, the manager. I think Keiki, for example, I mean, 18 years old on his European debut against, you know, the reigning European champions. And he was remarkably composed all the way through that game. Um, so I think they'll be, you know, they'll be they'll be fighting for relegation. But I, I, you know, on very early evidence, admittedly, I think they look quite exciting. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on them this season. That hype train for Keiki is leaving the station. Um, so get on quick because I think it will be pretty packed pretty soon. Moving on to kind of more the same. On so the first game on Monday was Athletic Club and a very early kickoff, five thirty Spanish time against. Mallorca, we saw more of the same from Mallorca. They were defending very deep. We saw more of the same from Athletic and the fact that they couldn't score goals. It ended nil-nil. Quite a disappointing start for Athletic, really, isn't it? Disappointing, yeah, but I think you could see, you know, um, Enesa Valverde has got this reputation as an attacking manager, and I think you could see a bit more, you know, courage from Athletic Club in terms of throwing bodies forward. Um, you know, they hit the post twice. I think they were quite unlucky. Um, Reykjavik in the Mallorca goal had an inspired debut as well. I think he made six saves. But yeah, there is this kind of feeling that Athletic Club, you know, especially at San Mamez, they can cause massive problems for the bigger teams. They just need to start killing off the teams like Mallorca, who they should be beating. But yeah, I mean, I was I was actually very impressed with Mallorca, to be honest. I think they're strengthened really well. It, it's gone under the radar how well they've recruited over the, the uh, summer. They managed to keep Moriki. You know, it looked like he was going to Club Bruges. Copete looks a very good pickup from Ponferradina. And Maffeo on a permanent transfer for less than two million. He was one of the best fullbacks in La Liga last season, and they've now got him on the books permanently. So, not predicting they're going to finish in the top half or anything, but I feel like they're in a decent position to stave off relegation. Interesting. I have to say, I thought I, I'm quite a big fan of Aguirre, and I made, made that point kind of last season. I think he's very good at what he does. Within his dimension, within the Mallorca dimension of what they want to do, I think he's a master at it. But I do worry that they might just be a little bit one-dimensional because today, I mean, fair enough, they were away from home and Aguirre is very much point away, three points at home. That's kind of his mentality. But there was a lot of long balls to Mariki and they did get kind of, yeah, they were suffocated a little bit in the athletic half, um, I have to say. I was delighted to see Kanjin Lee chasing back, sprinting, puffing, and then absolutely swiping the legs off Inyaki Williams to stop a counter. I thought that was peak Aguirre. Um, and there's a word that comes to mind that will get us banned from Indian iTunes if I use it, but that, that was peak um, Aguirre. And yeah, I, I do, I concur on the athletic thing. I think Ernesto Valverde, as you say, is an attacking manager. I did see a bit more confidence I think from the athletic players to take people on I do think Wayan Sunset came off a little bit early I thought they kind of lost a little bit in midfield a little bit of uh, craft going forward when he came off but altogether yeah it does have to you do have to worry a little bit and following that Atletico Madrid looked fantastic in their opening game of the season a 3-0 victory over Hitafe Alvaro Morata on the score sheet with a brace Antoine Griezmann with his first goal since November. This couldn't really have gone better for Atleti, could it? 
No, it was massively encouraging. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're all talking about Alvaro Morata and, you know, he's a divided opinion, I think it's sad to say, over the last couple of years, but he emphatically silences doubters today. I mean, some absolutely fantastic finishes in there. And obviously three assists for Jao Felix as well. And, you know, it's a massively clinical performance. I mean, if you look at the XG of that game, so it's 1.14 for Getafe and 1.48 for Atletico Madrid. So for them to win 3-0 just shows how clinical they were. And that's, that's you know, that's the kind of thing that they were struggling a bit with last season. So obviously it's the first game. We can't get too carried away, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. Borja Mayoral missed two big chances for Getafe, hit the bar with one of them. And Atleti did look good. Have we been rating them off a bit much in this title race? Because we've seen Barcelona's investment. We've got Real Madrid, obviously, are the champions. Have we maybe too small a chance of, of taking this La Liga title? Yeah, perhaps we have. I mean, obviously, it's quite difficult after last season to, to see them as title contenders because I think, you know, we, we, we really went for them to be our title winners at the start of last season. They just went all you know, quite pear-shaped quite quickly. So I think it is difficult to see them as title contenders, especially the way that Barcelona have spent, as we talked about, as Real Madrid have performed. But yeah, today you can't really, I don't think you can understate the achievement of going to the Coliseum and scoring three goals. You know, Itafe only conceded 15 goals at the Coliseum last season. And, you know, Atleti have already scored a fifth of that in, in, in the first game. So yeah, obviously it's early days, but, you know, they can sort out those defensive issues that, that, you know, came back to haunt them last season. They're definitely in with a shout. Griezmann came on to sort of partner Felix and Morata up front. Do we think that Simeone will start with the, those three or do we think he'll remain with kind of a two up front and then Griezmann will be an option off the bench? Well, it seems that in pre-season, you know, we were speaking to Sam Leverage on the last podcast and he was talking about how the three have started throughout pre-season. Um, so I was a bit surprised just to see the two of them today, but obviously it works perfectly fine. There was absolutely <laughs> no issues for uh, Diego Simeone but yeah I mean I'd like to see the three linking up as much as possible really and I mean the thing is about Letty as well it's just again as you we saying before with Barcelona it's a number of attacking players that they can bring on you know they've got Mateus Cunha, Carrasco, Lemar, Llorente, De Paul on top of these three players so they've got they're definitely not short of options up front but yeah I'd like to see the three link up and you know like you say see if they can replicate that pre-season form and carry on how they started off. The one interesting detail for me was probably the fact that Fitzel's been starting in the, in defence, and maybe that's just because Jose Maria Jimenez is out. But one thing that Fitzel does give them, and if we hark back to kind of their title win with Mario Hermoso at the back, he gives them an extra ball player in the back three, and his ability to sort of bring the ball out and be calm in possession, I think that was a good influence for, for Savage and Lodi today at least. And we'll see how that goes going forward, but certainly Fitzel gives them a different option. Moving on to another side who were in fine attacking form this evening was Real Betis. They beat Elche 3-0. Elche were pretty disastrous at the back, it has to be said. They didn't help themselves, but Betis did look brilliant, didn't they, Tom? Yeah, they, again, like we just said, with Atleti kind of picking up where they left off. Um, Fekir was absolutely sensational, really. I mean, like you said, it was a horror moment, really, for uh, Enzo Rocco, the first goal. He tried to kind of shield the ball out of play and Fekir just picked his pocket. And when you're down to 10 men, you don't need that, really, do you? So <laughs> wasn't the best day at the office for Elche. And like you say, um, but Betis really, really kind of made advantage, uh, made them pay. And, and another Juanmi brace. And, you know, I was kind of thinking last season, maybe that was a bit of a one-off for Juanmi to score as many goals as he did. But 
it's an absolute joy to watch him play. And, you know, the second goal that he scored today, the kind of quality just to lift the ball over the outstretched leg and, and put it into the empty net. I think he's going to be another star player again for Real Betis this season. An early sending off really did kind of put pay to Elche's hopes and they never really kind of got back onto a level mentally for me, at least it didn't. But yeah, Betis looking fantastic. That does kind of bring us to the end of the roundup. Any final thoughts, anything else on the agenda, Tom? Well, I think I think it was pretty comprehensive today, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, if we are going to have go off on a final thought, I'd just like to pay homage to that Alex Bayena goal at the uh, end of the Villarreal route because it's probably one of my favourite goals of the match day. And yeah, maybe Bayena and Jackson can you know come in alongside Pino and they can be the next big thing that Villarreal. It'd be very nice to see if that was to be the case. Excellent. Yeah, my moment of the week would probably have been Kanjin Lee hacking down at Iñaki Williams, but. Alex Mena was was a fantastic goal, it has to be said. If you've not seen it, go check it out. It's definitely worth watching. Definitely worth the 10 seconds it'll take you to find it on YouTube. That does bring us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for joining me, Tom. Thanks for having me on, Rory. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. It was indeed. And thank you very much for listening. Go follow us on Twitter at La Liga Lowdown because there's plenty of good content there. And we'll be covering La Liga as we do every week. But yeah, all that remains to say is uh, I'll leave you with... Alex Benes go. A bueno, a bueno, a bueno. No parecía un pase de un amigo, el de Álvaro Aguado. Intenta pegarle desde ahí, Baena. A bueno, a bueno, Baena. A bueno. Avisa antes, en todo caso. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.